0: The following audio is from First Hamilton Christian Reformed Church, where our vision is to be transformed by the gospel so that we can participate with God in his work of renewing all things in Christ. For more information about First Hamilton, visit www.firsthamilton.ca. Our passage today is, As iron sharpens iron, So one person sharpens another. As Oscar mentioned, we find that in Proverbs 27, 17. So what is this passage talking about? If we read this passage closely, we will recognize that the first part of it seems to be either talking about two types of iron or iron being used in two different ways or for two different purposes. The first iron is sharpening the second iron. And the image that comes to mind for me is using a whetstone or sharpening stone to sharpen a blade. I remember as a child, my grandfather sharpening his axe with a whetstone, which we might consider to be another form of iron. Now, maybe you sharpen your own tools or knives, but for the uninitiated, the whetstone is drawn along the length of the blade. And perhaps the most important thing to know when doing this is to try to keep a consistent angle between the stone and the blade. 15 to 20 degrees is what I was taught. So that's a whetstone. However, I also remember my grandmother honing her kitchen knives with what we call the honing iron. This was a steel rod with a handle that she kept in in her knife drawer. Now, a honing rod is also called sharpening steel this was a that name though is not entirely accurate as the rod does not really sharpen the steel but trues the blade which means that when the blade edge gets gets nicked or chipped the honing iron straightens it it lines it up so that the blade cuts deep and true Proverbs is in the genre of wisdom literature. So here we see that the point of the metaphor, one person acts as a whetstone or honing rod to another so that the second person begins to think deeper and truer. In essence, the one person in sharpening the mind of the other sets them off on the path of wisdom. Now, that's a positive interpretation of this passage. But as it's often the case, once you begin to dig into a scripture passage, it begins to reveal its complexities. For example, with this passage, I did come upon a few interpretations that hold that the sharpening that this passage speaks of is not a positive thing. A few scholars argue that the word sharp suggests a more negative reading. They point to passages where sharp or sharp words or a sharp tongue can wound people, or even spark physical violence. Most scholarship, however, points to this sharpening being a positive thing, and that's the the line I'm going to follow. But these other interpretations bring up the old issue that the good things of creation, or the good things we do, if we take them to the extreme, perhaps lift them up, elevate them above their proper role in our lives, we run the risk of making something positive a negative. In essence, they can become kind of like a a mini idol. Now, I'm interested in what shapes the mind and character of university students. Attending university, what an amazing formative time in the life of a young person. It is a time and place where Your identity is shaped. I would argue that it's during these years where you really begin to know who you are. Now, this passage is about sharpening, about rubbing shoulders and minds with people, and that's what takes place in a university. In the university, you encounter a diversity of people that most people have never experienced before. It is a microcosm of the world you are studying with, working with, perhaps living with, Muslims and nons and Jewish or Hindu students, young people of other faiths and cultures. As I mentioned, I looked at a number of works to see how people have interpreted this passage. In almost every case, the whetstone, if the whetstone or sharpening iron is identified, in most cases, the whetstone or sharpening iron is identified as a mature Christian. If that word person is translated as friend, Oscar did read one of those passages, so one friend sharpens another, it's pretty much 100%. Now that is, of course, a legitimate understanding of the passage. I think many of us, if not most of us, have personally experienced that growing up We have been powerfully shaped by the Christians, the mature Christians in our lives. And I'll come back to that. But before I do, I also want to recognize this other diverse honing. It's also very significant, and I believe God is working through that as well. When you encounter young people who think different than you, Of course it shapes you. And if you live with them, or spend a lot of time with them, yes, they rub off on you. I always think of Goth's comment, show me who you spend time with, and I will tell you who you are. So how does this studying and living in such close proximity affect you? You begin to ask yourself questions you may never have asked yourself before. Yes, you quickly recognize the difference between you and a person of another faith or worldview, but even more than that, your eyes are open to how alike we all are. A few years ago, we had a young woman in our fellowship, a bright, young CRC woman who told me that before she came to Mac, she had this idea that that people of other faiths, yes, they they strongly believe in their traditions, but mm, not to the depth she believes in Jesus. She did not see their beliefs meaning as much to them as her faith meant to her. At that time, we had a number of Muslim students, a few of them young women who were part of our group, They usually came out in numbers for Irish Cayley dancing, but some became regulars at all things. Anyway, she became friends with one of these young ladies, and I remember her telling me that she was blown away by how passionate this one young Muslim lady was about her faith. She said, you know, she is more devoted to Islam than I am to Christianity. What I observed was that Nasima actually inspired Rachel to dig deeper into her own reformed tradition. One result of this was I put Nasima on the hot seat at One All Things. Ask the young Muslim woman anything you want. The questions flew. Prayer, the Quran, dating. Just one more example of this serendipitous sharpening. Each year we dedicate One All Things to Holocaust Remembrance Day. Typically, we would have a Jewish speaker address our group. Not last year, but two or three years before that, we had a father of one of our former All Things Jewish members speak to us. We would always get a few Jewish students showing up for these talks. Two years ago, the director of Halal, the Jewish organization on campus attended These Jewish students had such a positive experience and felt that what we were doing was so important that last year they asked if we could work together to make it a joint event. We have had Muslims and atheists, and yes, Jewish students be part of our community. I remember a couple of our Christian students being a little befuddled when A few of our friends showed up at one of our end of semester review nights and dove right into the discussion about what significant issues we might want to discuss in the coming semester. As we read in Proverbs 1, verses 20 to 24, wisdom cries out in the street, in the middle of the marketplace, to all people. Do you hear the whetstone being drawn along the blade? Much of my focus is on the student leaders who are being commissioned here this morning. We meet weekly in a group, but also one-on-one. But I've served as a mentor to Muslim students, to, to non, the Hindu students, and of course to the Christian students in our fellowship. Our overall mission at McMaster is to witness to the love and lordship of Jesus Christ within the McMaster community. As time goes by, I have found my role in our community becomes much clearer. It is to orientate us towards God's kingdom, the kingdom that is here now, but not completely here, to sharpen our vision on how that kingdom is breaking into the world and how we can be part of that. One thought. While I generally see myself in the role of the sharpening iron, the truth of the matter is, and I think every teacher or professor here will identify with this, sometimes we are the sharpening iron and sometimes we are the blade being sharpened. And that's one of the beautiful things about the work that we do. The majority of our all things speakers are McMaster faculty and administration. Often the first time they come to us, they really don't know what's going on. They think they are coming to give a lecture. And I'll tell them, I don't use the exact words, but something along the lines of, we want you to give us insight into what it means to be a Christian engineer or a business prof, but it needs to be more than that. We want you to move our hearts, share with us where you find meaning and purpose in this area of life? Where do you encounter Christ in what you do? Or do you? Where do you catch little glimpses of the kingdom? I've had many profs tell me that this is a significant exercise for them. It forces them to step back and pause and ask themselves, what am I doing? Do I really see my work here at McMaster as kingdom work? The truth of the matter is that sometimes they, we do, and sometimes we don't. But just like a real knife that gets dulled when it encounters bone or through constant use, we all need people and venues that we can return to to keep us vital and engaged and sharp. I also want to mention our peer groups. We have a women's group, Revive Again. The women who run that group are fantastic, and a men's group, Fully Alive. I don't attend the women's group, but I'm always very interested to hear what they are discussing each week. I do attend the men's group. I'm the the designated cook. I make the pancakes to eat while we have our discussion. And I'm blessed just by, by being there. I find a different kind of honing, of sharpening, can take place in these smaller gatherings. Now, I'm of a generation of men that did not talk about what was going on in their lives. You might acknowledge the good things, but if there was a tragedy in your life, well, you, uh, you just needed to walk it off. Your dad beats you up, Suck it up. It might be hard for some of you to imagine this now. After all, we are approaching November. But when I was a teenager, to talk about this sort of stuff with anyone would be considered a sign of weakness. And in the community I grew up in, you did not display weakness. Now, it's clearly better today. but new challenges have arisen. We live in a very individualistic time, and it's become more so in the last two years. So many young men now are living very private lives in front of their computers. I find having other men in your life, good friends, healthy and important. How does one or a group of men sharpen another? I was just asked to do my traditional Movember talk on men's mental health. Let me just briefly mention six things we have discussed in the past. Young men need men friends. They need men that will speak the truth to them, to offer that gritty resistance when we go off the rails even if that might be a hard and awkward conversation. We need people that will hold us accountable to our commitments. We need friends to walk with us, guys that will will have fun with us, that will be there when we have something to celebrate, but will also walk with us when we're struggling. We need peers who will challenge us to think deeper and more wisely, someone who will bless us with their time and counsel when we ask for it, and perhaps when we don't ask but clearly need it. Every young man needs a couple of good friends, especially ones with sharpening abilities. So I've highlighted several sharpening irons, but there's one I've not touched on yet, the sharpening iron that is actually the most important. We find that here. Does this hone you? Does Scripture sharpen you more directly? Does the person of Jesus Christ true you? Tomorrow's Reformation Day. The great truth of the Reformation is the restoration of Scripture being the central part of the life of a Christian. Martin Luther is quoted as saying, The Bible is alive, it speaks to me, it has feet, it runs after me, it has hands. It lays hold of me. Does the Bible have a hold on you? Most of you have been Christians all your lives. You know the gospel. You know the parables. You guys even know the Old Testament, and I encounter a lot of Christians who do not. maybe you are just comfortable now with what you hear your encounter with god's word is is not disturbing but affirming you don't read anything that causes you to pause to reflect to maybe reevaluate your actions or your thinking do you remember how gritty that scripture was when you were 12, 13, 14, 15 years old and you thought everybody in your church were hypocrites? When it lit a fire in you? Now maybe that grittiness has been worn smooth by familiarity. I think that's understandable. But is that due to what you encounter on these pages? Or is it due perhaps to how you have been accustomed to process what you find. Maybe, just maybe, the next time you crack open your Bible, your heart and mind will encounter something, something steel-like, something challenging when you read those sacred words, something that will give you focus, something that will true you. One final insight on the honing process that might shine a light on this passage. My grandfather taught me how to sharpen an axe. I'm pretty good at it, I'm not, I'm not an expert. Definitely not as good as my grandfather, but I've not felt the need to buy a grinder. In any case, we amateurs might think that honing, sharpening requires a lot of physical force. In actual fact, proper honing requires very little pressure. The experts who work with steel will tell you, you need to listen to the steel as you work. Steel on steel emits certain sounds. A rasping sound indicates that too much pressure is being applied. A quiet ring is a sign, and I quote, a proper feather-like stroke is being used. Think about that for a second. The steel itself makes a sound that lets you know when it's being properly honed, properly sharpened. I wonder what sound we emit when we are being sharpened in a godly way. And all God's people say, Amen.